if there's a drink spill, do we still continue with the podcast? We continue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Check. Right. Check. Check. Yeah. You you could definitely be closer. I could be closer. You could be closer. Yeah. How about now? That's good, but Too it also close. creeping me out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna leave no territory unexplored today. <laughs> Welcome to episode 23 of The Drunk Web, my second favorite number. You know why? Greatest of all time, Michael Jordan, 23. Mm-hmm. Legit. Yes. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. So, he wore, Michael Jackson. He wore 23? No, Thriller was released that year, as In well as Michael Jordan's rookie year, 1984. 23 just became way cooler. Uh, special night here in New York City. I have two handsome gentlemen on the show. I wish you could see. I mean, if you are on Instagram, you you are. You probably can see. But before we begin, I want to give you some updates, Tim Cook style. Let's see. A long time ago, in fact, on day one, I made a conscious decision not to pursue advertising for Drunk Web. I don't need to tell you about razors and protein shakes. That's not why you tune in, right? I don't shave. Yeah. Well. Never have in life. We're going to unpack that later. Yeah. We'll, we'll come <laughs> in. <laughs> Anyway, maybe I'll sell my soul one day, but for now, I don't believe in advertising. I did, however, finally decide to try this new platform called Patreon. People Mm. have been telling me about it, so it's all community-based, and you can be a part of it if you want, so check out patreon.com slash the drunk web. You're here. Yeah. Also, the drunk web is now available on Google Play for those of you who are, for some reason, sticking with your Androids. We're gonna um, unpack that too. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. making yep. us look at your 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 green texts. It's not pretty, guys. Not yeah. good. Yeah, bad not look. Not cool. Anyway, we are on Google Play and soon Spotify, very soon, which is going to be exciting. Uh, I've also made a bunch of changes to the website, new ways to subscribe, blah blah blah, all that good stuff. With that out of the way, let's get started. First of all, my friend Josh is here tonight, helping us with you know sound setup. What's up, Josh? Probably drinks later. And just to see, man. Drinks. Just all around hanging out. And on to our guests. So this is what I wrote for you guys. Are you ready? It's very cool. Very poetic. Oh boy. <laughs> I wrote product. Period. This is why we do what we do. It's why we all have jobs. It's what ultimately gets delivered. After all the arguments about tech stack, architecture design, linting rules, testing strategy, deployment mechanism, all of that. It all comes down to the product, something that guys like myself forget far too often. So I've had the pleasure of working with these two guys. In fact, the last two product owners I got to partner up with, they're both here. Please welcome Ryan Crow and Jesse Owens. Yo, yo. What's up, guys? What's going on? Did you like that intro? Loved it. Thank you for having yeah, us. Yeah, nice. that was very poetic awesome. and dramatic Thank as you. well. Thank you. I have, yeah. more, I have more coming up. Oh, um, can you imagine how many people just tuned out when they heard this is a product? Probably episode? half. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's a tradi- tradition that the guest announces a drink. So who would who would like to tell us about the drink? Jesse, you should because you actually made one. Oh, so the drinks that we're having tonight is none other than the old fashioned. And you went through the journey of oh, discovery. so so before I arrived. I had a a vision that I would be able to create my first old-fashioned tonight, and I did, with the tutelage of Sir Sinjaz. 
or sensei, as I'll as I will call him going forward. All right, I like that sensei, sensei. Sensei, oh. yeah, sensei. I see what you did. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm Danielson. You <laughs> though. With a very nice bourbon, Eagle River, which is my first time having it, but I'm enjoying it so far. Eagle Rare. Eagle Rare. Yeah. See, that I can't read yet. Well, it's <laughs> probably because you guys were insisting on having uh, second round right after first round, and we are here, and I don't know how long it's going to take before none of us make sense. It's a great series. We gotta we gotta live up to our forebears. Yeah. You know? so. yeah. So cheers, so, gentlemen. Welcome to the drunk web. Cheers. 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 Thank you for having us. Josh. Ryan and Jesse are both directors of product at MasterCard. Uh, for reasons that are beyond me, I cannot get too much into details of your current work. I will say that we have been working together on multiple successful and very public facing projects. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, a few fun facts about you. You might get embarrassed, but oh it's coming. Boy. Ryan is a man of many talents and even more patents. Sorry, how many patents do you under your name? Uh, <coughs> well, if you count all the countries that they've been applied for, it's like 18, but it's really probably closer to like uh, four or five different uh, individual ones. 18. That's great. Yeah, let's use the higher number. Okay. That's you got to <laughs> yeah. apply. I mean, you yeah. got to you got to apply in Korea, right? So yeah. Like, right, why, right, yeah, right. Why right. stop at the US, Canada, right, right, UK, yes. and uh, Australia? Absolutely. We've, we have won a couple of hackathons together, right. right? He's been involved in a bunch of mentorship programs. Oh, that 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 I mm -hmm. Jesse directed a hackathon or two that we uh, won as a matter of fact. And it was, as far as I know, not an inside job, but I guess after a few of these, we're going to figure out the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a vision of having a hackathon that to make all of this right. possible. That's I think that's why we stroke, uh, not stroke, but sh struck some unique bonds during the hackathons I, because that was one of the things that was an opportunity. I'm glad we were recording this after the hackathon because they would have been... There yeah, a lot of haters. Very, yeah, oh, yeah, because haters going to hate. Oh, you, you did the podcast. Of course, Ryan and Cena won. Of course. Anyway, back to our regular <laughs> programming. Uh, Ryan is a member of a, I'm going to try to get this right, Oratorio Society of New York. Spot on. Yeah. All right. I have seen him play at none other than Carnegie Hall. That's true. That is a big deal. You're a good friend. Uh, he's the only guy I know who can officiate weddings while he himself being allowed to get married so most people who you know do mm -hmm. that are not really they're into other things i'm not gonna mark. say what <laughs> <laughs> uh ryan i'll come back to you in a second jesse has taught multiple courses and programs through product school and carry on friends all yep. right yep mm -hmm. in person and online it's pretty active outside the nine to five He's a speaker. He just spoke at ProductCon 2018, right, in New yep. York. That's true. Next one is in Jamaica. Jamaica, yeah. Tech Beach Retreat. And not Jamaica, Queens. We're talking. No. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. He wow. was featured in Wall Street Journal for Workwear, which leads me to <laughs> this. Today's Friday, right, guys? Definitely. And if any of you see any of the photos that I'm going to post for the episode, you, you're going to see that we're we're very well dressed and here's why jesse is the co-founder i'm going to call you because alex is going to get mad he's the co-founder of one of many reasons why i like to go to work with him something called fancy friday if you follow me on instagram you know what i'm talking about jesse tell us about fancy friday what is it where did it come from so when i joined there was 
there was an opportunity. Well, clearly there was a, a culture of casual wear, which was all fine and good. You know, I enjoy casual wear, but I felt I felt that not only that we had the the opportunity, but also the um, I knew that the people that I work with had not only the, the the wardrobe aesthetics to pull off Fancy Friday. Nice. So it started off as bow tie Fridays, but looking at it, giving like a broad view perspective, we wanted to be more inclusive because it's not just bow ties that makes you fancy. There's other aesthetics. There's hats, shoes, vests, coats. So we wanted to open it up so that everyone could be a part of the the upscale experience on, on a Friday. And also, it's a good segue into the weekend. That's right. So it creates a sense of community, and then after work, you can go out with your friends that are fancy and have a few cocktails. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I like Fancy Friday a lot. We'll come back to it for sure, because uh, it goes beyond clothes and ties and mm. bow ties mm. for me. It's, there's something... Um, about the discipline of mm. looking good and feeling good, therefore you do good. Those are Jesse's Ooh. words. Well, right. So if I, if I'm, it, these aren't my words. This is in the words of the, the great Deion Sanders, okay. who is a, um, a his name. <laughs> he's a man of fashion, mm-hmm. and uh, he is the one that that's quoted: "If you look good, you feel good. You feel good, you play good. You play good, you earn good." I want to give this guy money (laughs) (laughs) in exchange exchange for clothes. All right. Good stuff. All right. Let's get started. Let's get serious, guys. This is a very serious podcast, right? You know? Yeah. It's very serious. Yeah. Let's get serious. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to ask both of you guys. Ryan, you go first. For newbies, people who don't know what is a product owner, this is like junior developers, maybe even people who are getting into product, maybe design uh, they might get confused by the word product owner. Is that does that mean like the CEO? Does that what does that mean? Give us a sixty second explanation of what is a product owner. So some people might say that the product owner is kind of like the CEO of the product. I think that's both a good and bad analogy. <clears throat> the good parts of it, as a product owner, what the most important, well, probably two really important parts are. Um, you need to be able to understand what it is that you're customers, whatever the product or service that you're building is, and you have to be able to communicate that to your developers. So that's like the first thing, being able to understand and communicate. And I'm sure we'll get into it later, but that has to be data driven and you have to be you know, analytical about that. The second thing I think is about empowering your developers to assuming that they understand what you've communicated to them, empowering them to be creative, empowering them to get the vision of what you want done. Uh, but ultimately helping to validate that what they're able to build, what you guys build together through one iteration, through multiple iterations, is indeed what your customer needs. That was 57 seconds. Fantastic. (laughs) That internal (laughs) clock, we'll see how long it holds up. All right, Jesse, 60 seconds and go. Yeah, so with the the CEO title, I think it applies more to – uh, startups, startups who has, I would say, less than 10 employees where your product owner is really driving the product vision. If you move to a larger organization, you have more stakeholders, you have to account for the different needs of your stakeholders. So as a product owner, you 
have to research, validate, and deliver on product initiatives and features that as an organization that you've aligned towards, um, not only from a company perspective, but from a product standpoint. So the product needs to align to the company vision and what you what you prioritize and the tempo that you set has to align with the product. Um, yep. like the not tempo. even fucking with you. That was 57 seconds too. Okay. All right. Synergy right here. There we go. All okay. answers going forward have to be 57, 57 seconds. Folks, you may time at home. <laughs> okay. So now another challenge. Same question. You get 10 seconds. What is a product owner in 10 seconds? Tell me when you're ready. Tell me who wants to go first. Coach. Judge, diplomat. Three seconds. That was three seconds. Okay. Ryan, yeah. this is not a competition. You can still have your 10 <laughs> seconds. You can st- <laughs> Whenever you're ready. All right. Visionary that understands the customer, uses data, communicates the developers effectively, and helps see, uh, draw out success. Eight seconds. All right. Good. See? We're learning something. This is great. Tell us about the misconceptions of... Uh, you know about realities of product ownership like people think oh i'm gonna get to build stuff i'm gonna tell everybody what to do what's it like in real life people who are getting into product design what is it not like what it's not like is telling everyone what you want to what you want to build uh well what you would like built so it's it's really understanding and depending on who you have to under you have to know your audience so it's as a product owner you have to navigate multiple streams of stakeholders in order to deliver your product so there's a bit of there's a ton of influence that's involved with getting your job done um there's also um a ton of empathy in terms of understanding the other person's shoes. So understanding an engineer's shoes, understanding UX design, understanding architecture, understanding sales and marketing, and try to package that in a plan that can satisfy all the needs of your stakeholders. And I think that's what's the biggest misconception is the the amount of um, relationships that you have to foster along the way. Okay. Ryan. Yeah, I'd say it's just to kind of probably echo and maybe add to a few things Jesse said. So I think uh, largely one thing that you need to figure out from the get-go is accountability. So I think you have to establish trust with your team. I think you have to realize that not every product vision is 100% accurate and more likely perhaps the vision is something great, but the strategy of getting there is almost certainly going to be flawed when you start out. So one of the thing, one of the most impactful probably learnings that I had uh, as a product owner was as you go through iterations of development with your developers, with your architects, with your team, folks that are gonna have different backgrounds, different skills and experiences than you have, is you've gotta listen and you've gotta learn from them. So you've gotta recognize when, after you've been through an iteration, when someone says, hey, these are the things that are holding me back, these are the things where you know we didn't quite get right, maybe this sprint or this iteration, whatever the cycle might be, uh, and you have to be able to iterate and you have to be able to learn from it. I think when you do learn from it, when you hear, especially what the developers are saying, what their pain points are, um, that's I think when you can, if you can marry that with the needs of the customer, and again, I mentioned before being data-driven, if you can combine those two things where at the same time you've got the, on the one hand you're using data to evaluate what it is that your customers need, whether it's usability, whether it's interviews, whatever it might be, combining that with the feedback you're getting from your development team, the folks on the ground that know what they're doing, 
I think that's when you can actually be really successful and you can start making some yeah. harmonious, beautiful music together. Yeah. Huh. Nice. So if if I if I may um, agree with what Ryan said a, a thousand percent, but I also feel like what's what's critical for product owners is that you have to build a little bit of street cred. Um, street cred in the sense that you either know the business, you know the industry, or you know the tech stack better than anybody else that's on your floor or in your building. So you kind of have to have a vision that far extends anybody else's lens in the building. So, and that's where I, where, where I talk about street cred. And it's when the thing that I hear from aspiring product owners or product managers is do I have to be super technical or like how do I work with engineers? And I think what's key is that you develop an expertise and you make sure that you communicate it in a way that's that's received well um, amongst your amongst your team, and then I feel like that's that's the way you, as Ryan has alluded to, building trust. Because if you're able to display a level of expertise, you can sort of display your ability to lead, and your team will follow you as you set the vision. That's a beautiful segue because there is something that became apparent to me once we started working with you, Jesse, which is after Ryan, that you guys have very different styles, extremely different styles. And um, and here's what I mean. Ryan, you are probably the most detailed person that I've worked with, not just product owner, you know, anybody I've worked with. You are so detailed and you do a tremendous amount of prep work. And when you show up, you almost don't even need your computer. And I think that combined with the fact that you can really talk about a topic nonstop for as long as it's needed. It's a, good, it's a good thing. All right. Between the lines. Right. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but like the stories that you write are... Yeah, I think we're... Uh, yeah, are we're you, this really heavy, wonderful thing. I'm about to do the limbo to get some more whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can push that this way. It rotates. Yeah, there we go. All right. So these guys have been... No, don't stop. Keep going on me. <laughs> I don't think we ever brought the drinks to the seats before on the Drunk Web. So tonight is the first. Uh, I like to think this is a milestone. This is a milestone. We'll talk maybe. about the importance yeah. or lack thereof of milestones very shortly, I'm sure. Ooh, baby. Here we go. <laughs> Make it hot. I think you're about to talk about how... Much I was better Jesse style is. I was gonna make it hot. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not get off topic here. Cheers, Ryan. Cheers. All right, cheers <laughs> you from a distance. Cheers. cheers. All right. And so there's there's that system, and and it worked beautifully because we would show up, and the stories are there. The developers know exactly what they're supposed to work on, how they're gonna get there. Then that's my job. But we knew what we were gonna work on. Your style, Jesse, is so different. It's not that Ryan doesn't promote collaboration, but I think you feed off of collaboration as as a fundamental ingredient for how you work. Mm. I think Ryan shows up, this is what we should be building. Does anybody want to change anything? Right? Does, does, does everybody agree? Jesse, you show up and you go, guys, here's some ideas. What should we build? And they both work if you're given the right you know, actors, but I worry that sometimes it might not work for either system, right? I think both systems are great mm -hmm. given the right partners, but if it's not, with me, hopefully you, you agree that it's worked, 
Ryan, with you, our project was successful. We didn't run into major problems, at least from our perspective. And Jesse, we're doing fine, right? Best team ever, hashtag. (laughs) Uh But have you run into situations where the system that I described for you, first of all, do you agree with that? And also, has it caused problems? So uh, I think it... It's a it's a feeling. Um, I feel like as a as a product owner, you have to understand your team. It's, it's kind of like what one of the first things I mentioned around a product owner is being a coach, mm-hmm. understanding the players on the field, understanding the players on your team, understanding like, do I need to be more hands on, or can I just give a vision and just set set some parameters and or constraints? I think constraints is is really important when you're working with engineering and with UX. So they sort of understand the bounds where they can go in order to build out the solution. Um, You know, we're all working against limited time and budget, so we try to be mindful of, we probably won't build the most elegant solution, but over time we'll get there. So kind of how I like to think about it is, um, I like to create, and it really depends on the team because it, 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 there's been teams where it had to be more hands-on and more sort of deliberate in terms of here's what I need. Um, other teams have been a bit more sort of receptive to here's what we need, come up with the solution. And then it's, it's almost the trust but verify. For me, it's, it's, it's not one formula that works for each team. You kind of have to understand your team and then adjust accordingly. Got it. Ryan, honestly, I'm in, I'm inclined to agree. I don't think that I could say that I am super prepared for every single context. There's teams that I've worked with that are far more knowledgeable uh, at the subject matter than I have been. Um, and and at that point, I think you have to find what works in the team dynamics. I think you have to be mm-hmm. effective in again conveying what you understand to be the the customer need and why it is that that's the customer need hopefully backed with like legit data that makes the team mm-hmm. buy into you it's almost like a maybe a different way to get well maybe in a way of getting like the street cred that jesse was talking about right like show that you did the research show why it is that we're taking the path that we're taking or what the the benefit would be but some teams have a totally different cadence and i think that's like part of the the art of product ownership is that you've got to figure out somewhat on the fly especially if you're kind of thrown into a you know, a, a different group or a different, uh, mm-hmm. and I have been in my career uh, that maybe you've been uncomfortable with or a different team, yeah. and that's okay. And sometimes it's exciting and like a little bit of a you know adrenaline rush, I guess, for you know us folks that sit in offices most of the time for the degree we can get adrenaline rushes. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it definitely depends on the team and the cadence, and you got to be able to to kind of go with the punches, figure out what it is that the team needs, how you can effectively get it done. Um, and you know, it also, I think honestly, it also changes depending on if the teams are co-located. I think there is something, uh, inescapably great about if you guys are co-located, but I've worked with teams that are not. So, and sometimes that's the reality of how it works. The development might be in one place. They might be in multiple places. You might have an architect somewhere else. You might have a manager somewhere else, but the the product guy has to, or or lady has to be able to figure out what it is that needs to be built and how to do it effectively and sort of what the style is. And oftentimes you have help from a scrum master or a master of ceremonies or a, a manager, whatever it might be. But if you can't figure out what the dynamic is and what works for that team, then yeah. you're going to have to, well, if nothing else, you have to keep plugging away at it and try to learn after each iteration and improve and have honest conversation. If you guys can't have an honest conversation about 
what process works or doesn't work, then you're going to be not maybe quite stuck in neutral, but obviously you're not going to be able to, you know, achieve your, your maximum efficiency or, you know, make that beautiful harmonious music that I, uh, <laughs> I think I think Ryan Ryan raised an excellent point in terms of the team seeing you um, I can I can't underscore the importance of the team actually seeing their product owner and interacting and working with them on a day-to-day because it's one thing of having a conference call but and also a video call but you don't truly get the that you don't really feel the energy or the or the the whole team composition unless you're actually there and you can actually feel it observe it and assess what needs to be done yeah so it's immensely important that as a product owner you got to at least see your team um at a at a at a relevant cadence that they can understand what you're about what you expect and <laughs> we always have one <laughs> uh, my fantastic Samsung smartwatch both interrupted Jesse's train of thought and almost interrupted <laughs> our drinks st- stable positioning on this our stability beautiful uh, side right. table. Let's see this prepare for us, please. I'm s- I'm selling this couch, guys. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to cut two hundred bucks off of it. No, 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 no. Let's 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 not do that. But in essence, um, it's important that product owners is able to see their product team that's actually building the product. Yeah, because. Um, it's it's really hard to really foster the relationship if you if you don't see the person. Yeah. Do you feel like in a tangible way it also kind of gives you a greater sense of accountability to like see your team and know if they see you and like have that sort of face to face even if it's not in person? Yeah. So I definitely feel like um, video is is important. If you can't yeah. see them, if you can't see them in person, definitely video because. Um, at least for me personally, I can observe the room and I can see when someone is confused or maybe maybe like <laughs> disinterested and and this this can allow me to re-engage with them in terms of figuring out like how can we or or not not how can we, but it's just understanding what is the the opportunity in terms of bringing them back in. And it's like body language. So, yeah. like, if we're working in person, I can get a sense that, you know, Cena, Cena feels a type of way about the feature that I'm proposing or somebody else on the team. And so I would want to address that person directly and sort of walk them through why we are prioritizing this feature and what it means to the consumer yeah. at the end of the day. I was going to say, I don't buy into the work from home all the time thing mm. because... I don't know, man. There's something kind of echoing what you guys are saying. There's something about sitting down together and talking it out. We were talking with Josh right before this about the power of whiteboarding, right? The fact that we can just grab a piece of paper and go, this is where this piece is going to go. And that's where this is going to go. We have amazing tools, software to do this kind of thing. It's just not the same. It's a different story. You grab a marker and you just paint something on the wall and you go what do you think it just we're visual animals it's just so much easier to see it yeah and see it in person so i'm actually gonna make a small modification to that point maybe it's okay to work remote maybe uh, three weeks out of a month but there has to be constant check-in in person yeah 
you know, every every now and then, at, at least yeah. at major points when we're talking about architecture yeah. designs. So from from my perspective, when we're talking about a solution, I just I'm not gonna be able to communicate it. I, Until I'm, we get like holovids or something where you can like show you writing on a whiteboard, I feel like the technology is not quite there yet. It's not quite there yet. You know, I had I had this idea for color code to make to use the VR VR kit from iOS. Yeah. Um, with iPhone 10, it's really really good. So like, make myself be this kind of like Lego size character <laughs> on your the kitchen counter, mm. and you can watch me through your phone. And I'm like visually showing you this, and then this piece goes over here, and I'm teaching you like JavaScript or whatever. Yeah, and, and that's innovation in action. I had this idea from 1977 to use the uh, <laughs> Star Wars: A New Hope a Holo Chess set, and uh, and somehow use that and make that into a uh, innovative uh, whiteboarding experience. But seeing as I did, it's probably a little more practical. <laughs> but see, my thing requires this incredible camera system the vr system that apple gives you is great for the viewer but for the content producer is not that great and i have very close friends who are involved with daydream mm. and they say that's kind of the problem you know one one problem is people don't want to wear it because it looks funny and it's still not cool <laughs> but for content creation as much as they like to sell the idea that oh it's great it's hard enough to make a good looking youtube video for color code I have to stop my life and get the lights in here and like get the good camera and get the microphone and that's a whole day. My weekend's gone. Let yeah. alone 3D VR. Oh, do it. There we go. Loosen up. <laughs> loosen, loosen, loosen up. up. Loosen up so Ryan, you have a studio like this, you know, when you can take off your jacket and just throw yeah. it on Cena's uh, the grand piano in his studio, uh, which I'm going to do <laughs> as we speak right now. There we go. You know, there we go. <laughs> Three. You have a space like this. <laughs> Three rounds in. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to take a quick pause here. And <laughs> you do know a host has to be able to connect with his audience. Well, it's one of the first important lessons of product. Well, in that case. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen of the Drunk Web and also the people who are watching us on Instagram. What's up, everybody? Ryan and Jesse are up to round three, and they just made a point about me being on round one. So hmm. I'm going to reach for the bottle. Guys, we're oh. going to have to switch to something else, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> we finished this damn bottle. <laughs> I hope that you knew with, with two... Uh, you. <laughs> You've worked with us for far too long <laughs> to think that a bottle and a half was going to do for this yeah. uh, okay, drunk web good. recording session. <laughs> you, thank you. You know us. Thank you. Yes, I have been in altered state of mind with both of you separately, but now we get to do it uh, on on air together. Yes. So let's move on. This is really good stuff. I feel like this is so far good information for product people, yeah. but now I have a question. From the developer's side, mm. what is the worst type of developer you've worked with? What are some of the things that developers should look out for to avoid doing if if they want to get the best of their product owner? Well, 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 let me just first clarify. When you say they get the best of your product owner, what do you mean by that? If I don't shower for three days and go to the gym, <laughs> oh, right? Yeah, oh, you know, you knew oh, I was gonna oh, go there. You know, once upon a time, it's like, yeah. bro, this is right. right. So it's uncommon. Hey, this is okay. I'm just saying this has never happened ever anywhere. But move that aside. I show up and I'm not in a good mood. That's not cool. 
Like you got to take care of your own happiness. You got to be cool when you show up. You got to play nice. We know that. From your perspective, what are some of the things that developers do that they don't realize they're doing and it's pissing you off and it's not letting you do your job the way that you feel you should be doing your job? Maybe yeah. I'm proposing too many things. Maybe I'm sizing things to be too big. Maybe I'm or too small or maybe I'm just not. <laughs> what are some of the things that developers might be surprised yeah. by? Yeah. Uh, sorry. You, you have I've got a couple of things, but uh, I mean, oh, sure. I, I, would, I would just say uh, <laughs> fundamentally it's just understanding the business that you're in, whether that's payments, ride sharing, music, healthcare. Understand the business um, and understand just at a fundamental level, how does the company make money? Mm. Um, yes. And, and I, I feel like there have been times where you're working with a team or an individual and they have no concept of how the company makes money. Yeah, that's a problem. And that's that's a challenge because we're we're not even we're not even at the product vision. We're like, let's just let's take it a couple steps back. Who let's, are we? Yeah, who are we and why why do we exist? Yeah. So understanding like why the company exists is like fundamental and I've seen uh I love it where there's just just a lack of context around that and I would say beyond anything else that's what really frustrates me. Okay. I just, I just gave one but that's good. I, that's I, good. I, I, let, I let Ryan cook. Ooh. Look like Ryan's about to cook right Ooh. now. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead cook, man. <laughs> but Jesse <laughs> isn't to some degree like that's part of the product owner role is to help connect the developer uh, yeah, yeah. with the mainstream business and understand the context yeah, now, i yeah, get it now if yeah. you if you have explained it and you think it's clear yeah but maybe maybe that connects to another point so i do, I do think communication is is something that uh not everyone is good at and that's okay right in in right it, it's it's basically like saying that you understand but you really don't understand yeah, and that happens. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think sometimes like maybe that's one thing is like being to the best degree you can, have enough trust with your product team, with your manager, with your tech lead to like be communicative. If you don't understand something, it's okay to say that you don't right. understand something. Right. Now, like if you are like totally tuning out because, you know, whatever's going on at home or, you know, stuff happens, but like you have to be able to dial in a little bit to like to appreciate it. But honestly, ask questions. That's like if you're someone that doesn't ask questions i think that's actually where perhaps the most stumbling blocks have come up between me and like mm -hmm. a developer and like, i don't i don't like to get in people's faces wherever possible whatever you know whatever everything else but like sometimes people i like to <laughs> that's, that's good that's good i guess different styles good thing we have two of us here uh, <laughs> So, but yeah, I think asking questions, uh, especially when you're new to an organization, the reality is that there is yeah. no stupid questions because the, if you do not ask a question, even if you feel like it's stupid, if it's, uh, if it's, you're going to feel like someone that's like an amateur or someone that doesn't know exactly the whole context we're talking about, a lot of the time that's okay. A lot of the time the product owner is there to help connect you to the strategy, to the vision, to the customer needs, to everything else. You're probably better off asking the question and working with the product owner and having something at the end of the sprint or the end of the quarter or whatever it is, however you're measuring it, that works the way that you guys were both hoping it to, then have a bit of a disconnect and then having to figure out, okay, what went wrong and retro it and, and figure out how you, I mean, better to, to get it right the first time, but obviously that, that's not the reality of software development most of the time. Yeah. 
But uh, so I think communication, or at least being honest with your PO, that 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 can be a hurdle for some people because, and some people come from organizations or cultures where that's not the easiest thing to do, uh, or universities. Who who knows? There could be a lot of backgrounds. Uh, but I think that getting that kind of trust, if you can't trust that that product owner, if that product owner won't have a, like a one-on-one sit down with you, that could be a problem, right? That might be something there where it's a red flag that, you know, there, there might be a communication issue or a pride issue, who the heck knows. So uh, I was just, I was thinking about developers are notorious for talking about other developers code, right? And then when that developer leaves and the new developer comes, that developer is talking about their code. So what I am, what, what pisses me off is the complaining about somebody else's code versus just, just make the shit right. <laughs> you know, like just, just make the shit Touchy right. Territory as a product owner, you can't. You can only pull that card so many times. No. Hey, uh, do me a quick favor. Make that shit right. You can't say that every no, sprint. No, 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 no. It's, it's not me communicating to engineers. Is engineers talking about the code? Okay. So when I when I hear it, I'm like, huh, okay. So what are we gonna do about it? Are we gonna make it right, or are we gonna just deal with? Whatever that's in the code base. Hashtag spike. <laughs> so, so are we going to do something about it or are we going to let things fester and it, yeah. it, it and the debt starts to accumulate and then we're just yeah. in a... Well, hopefully that departing, perhaps cynical, perhaps incompetent developer left some <laughs> hilarious comments in the code. So you're like, oh, so that's why she did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, it's unfortunate that we don't talk about this that often, but... So first of all, let me acknowledge the problem that you're talking about. It is such an opinionated kind of mm, uh, yeah, sure. field. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks they're right. Everybody thinks <laughs> their way is the way. But here's here's the catch. Here's the thing that we never talk about. Software requires very frequent kind of maintenance. Mm-hmm. And by maintenance, I don't mean, oh, let's take a look, make sure unit tests are passing. No, I mean going back and refactoring a bunch of things. This is not something that you create stories for. This is something that you just leave some room every week because it has to be done every day. It's not your fault if you're not aware of that as a non-developer. It's Mm -hmm. because we don't talk about that. It's because we just go, oh, I can do it real quick. I can't tell you how how many developers I know like that who just go... Oh, I have like three stories of the sprint. That's cool. I can probably just do that like a little cleanup that I was thinking about over here too. No. Talk about that. Tell right. everybody that right. this thing needs to be fixed. Right. right. And no one person on, on a team of five, six developers can know all of those holes, including the tech lead. I miss stuff all the time and people bring it up and I go, oh, yeah, you're right. We should go back and clean that up. It's not a one-time thing. It happens over and over again. And unfortunately, not just product, but like engineering leadership is also unaware of that in yeah. many, many organizations. Absolutely. And they don't think that it's it's an effort that they think, oh, this is just something we'll do once a year. We just go back and clean up. It's not cleanup. Sina. Yes. Tell is me. It, is it time to talk about the elephant in the room? Tech debt. Oh, I wish I had a tech debt like sound bite, like a song. Every time tech debt comes up. <laughs> 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 right so okay tech debt here's the 
is kind of what I'm talking about. <laughs> tech debt is not a one-time thing. Tech debt, we're constantly making tech debt. It's like you living your life means that you constantly have to shower. You have to constantly <laughs> brush your teeth. Uh, That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, tech debt so is like brushing your teeth. It's like, oh, next month I'm going to do the tech debt. I'm going to brush my teeth. That's not how it works. You, by being a human being, are producing poison. And so you have to make sure you clean it up. So can I just say (laughs) one more thing? Um, In our role, it's our duty to shield you from the the noise that may come from other parts Mm. of the business. Because our job is to set the the scope, the tempo, and the the cadence in terms of how you deliver. If 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 you start to conflate that with all the inputs from everyone else, yeah. now you, you it everyone starts to become confused. Yeah. So where I'm getting to is we have to be able to shield you from all of that noise so that you can focus and work and flow. I was going back to one of the original questions as far yeah. as like what we do. No, you know what's un- unfortunate is that that's such a great opportunity for product owners to do that. But for one reason or another, a lot of developers don't think they can expect that from a product owner. They think that mm. the product owner is the enemy. They think that, mm. oh, product owner just wants what they want, and I'm supposed to reason with them no. about... No, no it can be a partnership. Quite the contrary. Yeah. Like there, There's passionate discussions yeah. on what should get done, what should get prioritized, and... A good product owner will think about their team and like the impact that it would bring if yeah. we were to bring this this thing into the roadmap. A good product owner would keep that in mind when they're thinking about, well, let's. I'm, I'm thinking about introducing this yeah. into our roadmap. So for all the product owners that are out there listening or aspiring ones, be mindful of what you sign your team up for. Um, because it could be it, it could be a situation where it's sort of detrimental or it could be a situation where you set your team up for success. There's always some way uh, that we can compromise and get to where we need to go together. So, right. yeah, that's been my experience with both of you guys. It's cool. Yeah, and... and, and sorry, I don't, I don't know if you're... <laughs> you're I'm good. I'm good. What round two um, and a half? Yeah. Are you guys yeah. both choking up right now? What's happening? No, no, no. Ryan, the no, question is, not. why are you not choking up? Right, right. Because <laughs> we dodged my tech debt. <laughs> That's why. Oh, I'm sorry. Right, let's, the, let's let's get back to tech debt. Yeah. What was the question again? I mean, being the like, son of a. No, I actually wanted gone. <laughs> <laughs> Orthodontist. Yeah. You appreciate what I said about brushing teeth, right? That's tech debt. It's, I, I did. I didn't know I you did were like a son of orthodontist. Yeah, I. Uh, you have great teeth. Thank you very much. Yeah, two very. Well, you better. I mean, smart lady and gentleman, uh, orthodontist and orthopedist, Ooh. respectively. Yeah. Wow. So the. Uh, wow. Yeah, okay. The teeth are in good condition. The, the knees, bones, knee, the knees are good. And the, the musculoskeletal <laughs> oh, structure could probably be a little better, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but we're working on that. That's uh, that's a tech debt, would as that, I like would, to call would it. Would that be th- from drinking? All right, Jesse, you don't have to uh, totally unpack everything right now. Point I'm about <laughs> yes, yes, it would. Yes. You know what? Better to be upfront about it. All right. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Unless. 
Well, I, I think we should talk about tech debt. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Right. I, we kind of it is. We it is no. It. It, it is. It is a. It yeah. is a very important facet of product management or product development. Mm-hmm. And I think it. I think most folks that aren't technical, they'll just sort of glaze over it. But if you don't invest time into it, it can. It can create a lot of headaches in the near, medium, long term. Um, because I think about like some decisions that you make can have almost multi-year impacts. I've, I've lived it, seen it. So with that, you have to think about the the debt that you have to pay down. It's kind of like student loans. Think about if you're like deferring your loans, deferring, deferring, and all of a sudden you get, all of a sudden you get these interest rates that's just like astronomical. That now yeah, I, I, I just default. I can't can't do this anymore. Yeah. Think about it. I, I think rewrite. About, <laughs> rewrite. Right, or, the whole or, or 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 you could refinance, but. Yeah. Um, I I look at tech debt as just a clear software analogy for how that works. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like clearing house. Like, well, all right. <laughs> as a product owner, you have to carve out time for technical debt, and sometimes, like as a product owner, you can if you can go into the code base yourself, or you can just build a relationship with your tech lead, and he or she can let you know what's going on, and then you can prioritize that in your roadmap. But if you don't exude that type of empathy for the platform, it'll just go unattended. Yeah. Then you're just continuing building new features without paying down your debt. Good analogy. So allow me to drop the hammer on okay. all of you developers who drop know the, that there is some, drop some the tech hammer. debt. I know it. I know it. I know it's you know, coming. Keeping it under the sheets. Wait for Your it. Product owner doesn't know about it. Wait for it. Do we have a drum? Do we have like a? <laughs> we literally have a don't, drum set in this don't, apartment. Don't undermine my dramatic <laughs> moment here, guys. You know what you have to do? You have to tell your product owner. Explain to him or her why it is that this is something that you guys need. Make the case for it. Yeah. In retro, educate that product owner. I have yeah. learned so much from my yeah. teams, from my tech leads. For oh, my yeah. QA engineers, which ones, my in, automation which ones in particular have you? In particular, well, definitely not Cena. He's always very <laughs> quiet, as you can imagine. He's very introverted. Uh, but people that, that know how to build things right or have seen it somewhere else or have justifiable reasons for why it is that these things aren't going the way that they could be. Help your product owner to understand. And let me tell you, I've actually had I, – I feel like one of my proud career achievements is I've had success in prioritizing – uh, tech debt for some of my products at like, you know, perhaps not always at the enterprise level, but at least at like the division level mm. where like, you know, sometimes we have yeah. these big quarterly meetings. You got to yeah. figure out exactly what it is. Like if your product owner understands why it is that you need it, if they hear it sprint after sprint, retro after retro, educate them. Oh, don't, man. don't keep it within, let them be oh. your advocate. And if they won't be your advocate, then you have a different problem on your hands. But let them go to bat for you and, mm -hmm. and at least take yeah. the problem up the chain. Because sometimes, you know, there's everyone knows different different companies, a startup, a, a mid-sized company, a large enterprise. There's different things that you can share and different things that people will hear above you. And sometimes 
The answer is not to tell your direct manager, unfortunately. Sometimes it's to tell your counterpart, whether it's your tech leader, your architect, your product owner. Tell these guys, let them be your advocates, help them to understand, help them to learn, because mm, it'll mm, benefit the mm. team. Learn from what you did in the sprint. Yeah. Validated learning. Damn, Boom. Ryan. Damn, Ryan. You're dropping some gems right now. That's can we get right. a, can we get a can we get a <laughs> heck yeah and a limbo towards the whiskey? No, 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 like, like we, we had we had like poetry. Yeah, snap the fingers. But, um, yeah, that's what I was saying. Oh, I would, yeah. What you said raised a couple of key key points there. Um, one, retrospectives. I'll come to you. There's plentiful plentiful whiskey in this studio de Jazieri. Josh, can you see if there's there's probably another bottle of whiskey in there? I don't know what it is. So not you could take daddy's wallet, just run to the (laughs) liquor store right down the corner. (laughs) But ladies and gentlemen, this is not this is no longer a Yeah? There there's gotta be Something's all right. If it's, it's if it's dark, I, it's it's okay. You no, know, I also see that <laughs> Jesse, that, that bottle of tequila, <laughs> Espelon, just kind of eyeing me, just winking, that? winking at our faces. Wink, I wink, think Cita wink, might not rum. hate some tequila. Wink, 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 wink. rum. I mean, we got rum. Let's go, let's let's go rum. Let's go rum. Rum it up. All right. So, yeah, let's do it. Why not? All right. Let me finish this. Now. I have I have a little bit left. So what I was going to say is that Ryan raised. <laughs> Two fantastic points. One is learning. Man, um, the amount that you can learn from your engineers is invaluable. Mm. Um, And so this is what I encourage for um, product owners who are just trying to build build some sort of social equity. So so I I talk about street cred, and it's it's like what you can bring to the table, like smart, technical you know, business savvy, all that. But then there's also like, there's a social aspect. Do you actually take the time to get to know the people that is actually making, making you look good? Yeah. There's, there's actually like an art and craft to doing that. And I encourage all aspiring product owners to build relationships amongst your entire team. Then you also raise another point about retrospectives. I look at retrospectives as an opportunity to change whatever it is that's causing. Wait, wait, wait! No, no. I mean, let yeah, me tell you. Let me, let me, what let me, I just heard me, from me. that was Jesse was like, "All right, all you guys, make sure that you're big into arts and crafts." <laughs> <laughs> no, so those so, were nouns he used. That'll be to be fair. No. Sorry, I'll stop undermining your ass. So when I when I. When I sit in on retrospectives, this is my opportunity of figuring out what can I do to make my team more that can work more efficiently, more effectively, and just get shit done. And so for me, it it, it creates like a, a bond that I really care about what you're going through versus, oh, man, you're not getting you're not getting what I need to get done. So figure it out. Like I'm, I'm one of the, oh, well, I won't say I, um, we, we, <laughs> I would, I would say that 
it's important that you're you're able to display your ability to go go to bat for your team um, in terms of what they need. That's all. That was a salient point, Cena. I hope you weren't distracted. <laughs> yeah. The prize winner has to go to bat for the team. Who yes. would have thought? Absolutely. Of all the people I've had on the show, who would have thought product owners would be the troublemakers? I mean, you guys are dealing with business people and you're dealing with product people. I did not think that this would be the episode where I would have to put my foot down and say, where is the rum? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for the audience, by the way, we were drinking a bottle and a half, bottle and a little bit of Eagle Rare. So, in I, the f- I would say, I would say a full bottle, because it was like a quarter, and then it was like three quarters of the other. Okay, so a bottle. So we just went through that bottle, and because there's no more brown stuff in this uh, in this apartment, we had to back up. Yeah, we went to back it up. Jared wouldn't appreciate that statement. Um, we had to. He's not even brown. I'm. I'm <laughs> guys, let's bring this back. All right. Thank God this isn't live. Dial it back in. The uh, <laughs> dial it back. Dial yes. it back. The magic of editing is going to take care of this. <laughs> this is great. This is a serious question. How technical should the product owner be? Baseline. Baseline technical. Let him answer for a second. Oh, and Ryan. So Jesse and I, I think, come from different like experiential backgrounds. So I yeah, think it'd be interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. to hear the point. I don't know, Cena. Who do you think should speak first? Let's see. Who should go first? Sorry, Jesse. All right. Um. <laughs> all right. Is, it, is the camera on me? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, can you, uh, can you guys zoom in a little bit? <laughs> right, right. Get my, get my tie clip. Hey, get my, get my tie clip. I want to see the multicolored <laughs> ideas going on right. above United, my head. <laughs> United Colors of Benny Time. <laughs> uh, How technical should you be? And feel free to you know, drop man. any sort of website names or anything else. Maybe take else. a big gulp before you answer. Uh, this, uh, I, know, I know how to deal with this one. <laughs> All right. All right. So in terms of how technical, I strongly, strongly believe that as a product owner, you need to understand your tech stack and understand the services that makes the experience possible. Now, if you want to like get into the nitty gritty of like, API specs, databases, schemas, all that. That's cool, but it you don't necessarily add value as a product owner. And there's also no end to it. You can go right, right. You, as I mean, deep you, you, you can. Want. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can start getting into like network layers and like like yeah. performance. Like it, it, it really it never ends in terms of product. But you yeah, need to set similar like how we talked about setting constraints for engineers and. UX designers, because UX designers can get crazy too in terms of building like wild experiences that we can't support because that means a number of service calls or new services that creates a whole bunch of complexities. So, dear goodness, wh- not new services. <laughs> not <laughs> new services. Will we do. No. <laughs> but 
what I, what I will say is that as a product owner, you need you need absolutely need a a, a strong concept of your tech stack, your services, and your underlying infrastructure in terms of what you can build, what you can deliver, and how you actually deploy your app, right? So you don't have to be the most technical, but just understand how software works within your organization because it, it can change. So like what, what we do at one company could be different at another company, but just understanding like how that developer workflow works in terms of them writing code, pushing code into deploying code that's what's really critical and then you can add value in terms of if you understand that whole value chain you will be effective but then put a spin on put a spin on it with the business context yeah you can you can but do, you're, you're yeah. mostly talking about awareness right 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 you're talking about being aware of the technical sort of infrastructure around you as a product owner so you can speak uh, intelligently about some of the challenges, right, which, is, right. which is a great thing. Right. But I'm talking about in your back pocket, should you have actual technical, like should you build mm. a website for yourself? Um, or is that not necessary? I'm not saying it is. I'm curious from your your perspective, is that necessary? I think it's it's critical that you should be able to build your own app. It could be a simple one, just simple simple website sign up log in just so you understand like there's different layers to your application man login is complicated jeez yeah. <laughs> it's like right okay login but but, but likes but, comments no, no, but, that's it but seriously see like if you can if you can build an application that has you know you have a web server you have a database you have a front end that you can you know you you've built an experience doesn't matter like how elegant or shitty it is, as long as you're able to submit information to your backend and you can save Fuck. it. Dude, this is why, Josh, if Firebase was a sponsor right now, I could drop that ad right now and say, with Firebase, all you product owners can achieve exactly what Jesse just mentioned. This nonsense brought to you by Firebase. <laughs> Um, so I, I would I would definitely say that hands-on experience definitely helps, but you don't need it in order to be successful. To compensate from hands-on experience, you have to a <laughs> uh, you have to spend some time with your tech lead or an engineer that's willing to uh, spend time with you. And one of the one of the things that I, I tell aspiring product managers is take an engineer out to lunch and ask them what they do. Engineers love to talk about what they do, especially if you're getting them lunch. <laughs> and you could get a Probably whole... Probably goes for most you, careers, honestly. Well, People yeah, love to talk yeah, about themselves and yeah. they do like free lunch. Right, so you could get everything out of them in an hour that that can sort of propel you in a in a in a sense that you can be more effective at your job. Quote so, of the night, Jesse. Quote of the night. So, no, you don't have to be. You don't have to have it like hands. You don't have to be like a coder. It certainly helps, but if you're not, know who's on the floor and know who to who you can connect with and okay. just spend some time with them, okay. and they'll tell you everything that you need to know. And it's like, oh, so that's the stack. Mm. Got it. So that's how that's how data gets transferred from one system to another. Oh, that's how data gets stored. Ah, 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 okay, cool, cool. Nice. 
now I can move forward. Now, now I know all the different touch points right. within the system. So you think awareness is enough? You don't a- think you necessarily have awareness to be- applied. Okay. So just because I know I have to now I have to apply it to right. what I now prioritize yeah. for my team. I don't disagree. I, I I think you're absolutely right. But with all that said, mm-hmm. you're still dependent on yeah, one yeah, person yeah. who knows it all, who can communicate it well. Why well, one person? No? What do you mean? Because you're probably not going to get multiple people who can communicate at that level. It's very difficult. Even... I consider myself do, uh, doing that for a living. Implying there's qualifications for tech leads, communication ability. Somebody's got to say it. Should I we turn know. the questioning around <laughs> and uh, start asking Cena <laughs> unpack that one? Mm. But it's very difficult. Even like for me, there a lot of times it's you know I have to go back. I saw this um, this quote on Richard's desk. It's kind of a classic. If you don't, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand well enough. And it's true. There's a lot of times, uh, and I've talked about this, I've made a career from being able to explain things simply, complicated technical things simply, as complicated as I can understand them, to people who are not technical. And it's been extremely rewarding for me and for my career. But there are a lot of times where I'm like, shit, how do I explain this to not even somebody who's not technical, to my product owner? who is you know, collaborating with me on technical stuff. So it's a very difficult thing. I don't think you're physically limited to one person per team, but I think it's going to be very rare to have multiple people who can describe these things to you. If you have it, great. So You're lucky. So now, so now if the tech lead or architect can't explain it, it's, inc- it's incumbent on the product owner to ask the questions in order for them to walk away with the information that they need to then take that and then apply it to their day-to-day. Take a quick step step back and point out that if you are a product owner in a meeting with your architect, your team, your tech lead, and there's something that you probably don't quite understand, I don't think it's absolutely critical that you have a full understanding of all the ins and outs, the front end, the back end. I think what you do have to understand, though, is the approach and the tech stack. So if there's something that you don't understand, that's probably the time to put your hand up for a second and just ask a quick question. Going back to that point where as a developer, you want to ask the question if there's something you don't quite get from your product owner, if there's a piece missing. Better to spend like probably what would amount to like 45 seconds just clarifying something and everyone being on the same page and being able to work more harmoniously together than, you know, So what you, the the point that you keep coming back to, Ryan, which I completely agree with is ask questions. And if you don't understand something, it's important for you to understand it. But I think human nature kind of gets in the way and we get insecure and there's 10 people in the room. And what if I ask the question? Meanwhile, there are three other people in the same room wanting to ask the same question, but they don't want to be the stupid one. So it's it's difficult yeah. to kind of step up to the plate and say, Ryan, I don't understand this. Can you explain this to me? Even though it sounds like uh, the most simplest thing <laughs> that, uh, right? But we have to get over that. Yeah. Right. No feelings, no filters. Speak your mind. If you got a question, like speak up. Otherwise, you're gonna get signed up for something that yeah. you don't understand, and then you're gonna raise questions that could have been raised earlier. 
By the way, so, if you ever end up working with Jesse and you get insecure and you don't want to ask the question, just ask it in Hamilton format and he responds every single time. So I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> wow. But I was the, the product owner with the musical theater background. Here we are. Excellent. All right, good. Um, Ryan, did you want anything to that? Because Jesse went first. And how technical should a product owner be? Well, so for a while... Uh, when Jesse first said it, he said critical. And then he sort of walked it back and said, actually, it's just super, super helpful, which the reality is I totally agree. So like from my background, I came in with like probably like business context and my background is actually like clinical healthcare stuff. So like, you know, not me being a doctor, but like professional to patient, that kind of thing, like interpersonal stuff in that degree, but not definitely a, you know, I didn't have a coding background. I didn't understand a tech stack. And so I think that it's totally possible to be a successful product owner in time, uh, not having that background. But I think what you do absolutely have to have is the open mind. And again, like, I think I, I probably harped on a little bit, but like, it can't be understated when you are in retros, listen to your team, listen to what your team is telling you, take it as a moment to be educated. And if you learn, then you can improve <laughs> and you can, you know. Have some America Cup. Uh, well, okay, well, I think I still got... All right, hold on one second. So Real time. Let's, okay, let's get this right. So Jesse is is pouring uh, rum in Ryan's glass. Let's get this really close to the microphone. This is why you. This is why people tune in. Here we are. Yes, indeed. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> You know, we got no none of that. Guys. Now we've we've reached the Caribbean part of the uh, <laughs> the evening, and hey, it was hey. always a matter of time. Oh. Later on, Jess and I will simply have to unpack our Caribbean experiences. The Caribbean experiences. <laughs> By but, the way, uh, so hold on, I want to give a a quick shout out to somebody named Barbara on uh, Instagram who said it's 4 p.m. in San Diego. And I'm about to have a cocktail with you guys. So nice. This is why we do this. Great job, Barbara. Thank you, Barbara. You are my hero. Actually, I do recognize this username. I think I sent her some stickers, the color code stickers. Okay, we're moving on, guys. We have a lot to cover here. I know. Okay. We, we're, all right, we're resuming. Um, hope you guys can see the camera from the grand piano. But uh, it's it's shining a beautiful light, and uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful studio. Please continue, Cena cool. Jazzy here. You done, Ryan? Okay. So eclectic. So, okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Uh, for some <laughs> of us, it's round three. For others, it's round five. We are about to pick this back up. Product. Product. Okay. My next question for both of yous. I've always wanted to use use, but I don't get to because it doesn't come natural to me. And mm. when you try to do it, then it's like, ah, okay. Do they not use it in Australia? Is that one? Actually, they use it all the time in Australia for some reason. It's the most Long Island thing. And they, in Australia, they say use all the time, like multiple you guys. All right. Ryan. Sina. You're learning to code, or you mm. did a little bit. Yeah. Why and how's it going? Why? So I feel like for me, uh, with the experience that I had, I reached a point where I felt like for me to keep on learning, I learned a ton from my team. Like I talked about those retros. I mean, this was like three years of learning. But I realized is that like, there was another plane that I hadn't quite reached. And that was understanding at a more technical level, kind of like Jesse talked about, where it's like great if you can have it. And I felt like I didn't have it. 
So uh, I did. I used some resources. Uh, there's some online resources, some self-education, some uh, colorcode.io. And I, I did learn some things. Boom. Boom, baby. Boom, baby. Yeah. And uh, have I made it to the CSS lesson? No, I haven't. But I have made it through HTML. And uh, there's there's room to improve. But what I ultimately <laughs> felt was it was important for me to be able to understand a little bit of a more person-to-person uh, -person and, like, technical level how it is that the things that I was asking for sometimes there were you know roadblocks thrown up and maybe if I didn't totally understand why for HTML or whatever the front end reason was why it couldn't be overcome as easily as I probably expected it to be why those things were uh, and I feel like that would give me a little more context uh, would help me to write better features better stories and ultimately be a better product owner and that's what I feel like at least starting that journey of learning has been am I there yet no but I would love to be I've got a few distractions in my life at the moment. Recently engaged. It is wonderful. There's some stuff to do that goes along with that. Uh, so a few of my, you know, personal learning things are they're they're still going or they're like slightly suspended, but uh, in time that's something I absolutely want to come back to. Very cool. Very cool. Jesse, your experience with coding, um, just tell us a quick one minute. Uh, industry wise? Or just, just coding leisure. in general. Coding in general, yeah. Coding in general, I, I feel like you're kind of like an artist. Like you have like a like a blank canvas, and you can just go to work as an artist, and you can just make whatever it is that's on your mind. And that's that's actually what got me gravitated to becoming a engineer. Um, now being an engineer, industry wise, um, I was working at a financial services company and that created a a ton of stress that didn't that that wasn't present when I was just developing on my own now what gave me joy was building like developing for mobile and learning UX on my own oh because oh hey, yeah, hey. Right. did we did we strike a nerve out that's, there in the crowd that's right um <laughs> So learning mobile and UX design was was actually what's led me to where I'm at now. Um, because had I not learned that, I wouldn't have become a product manager or product owner. Gentlemen, I have an announcement to make. We're about to teleport ourselves into the next section. The questionnaire is here. Oh, boy. Yes, the questionnaire. <laughs> 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 yes excellent uh thank god for the power to bleep shit out leave it <laughs> let the boy watch <laughs> <laughs> just all right a old, just a good old burp the so different. the questionnaire is something that i've developed over many episodes the three of us have to answer one by one Ooh. and it's a one very it's supposed to be very quick so give us a second. We're good at like coming in three seconds underneath under the uh the limit. All right. Or we were. Yeah. All right. About an hour and a half ago we were. Huh? Oh. Oh. Right. When we started, we were like, hey, Wait tell us minute. something in a minute. We took fifty seconds. Oh, oh, that, oh okay. Oh, I got I, I, no, listen. Jokes, man, come on. Listen. Rum after whiskey. I don't remember everything. You're going to uh, get real frisky? I'm going to get a little frisky. Might get, right. <laughs> might get a little tipsy. <laughs> All right. Are we ready? Yeah. Gents. The only 
thing is I think you have to answer the first question. What's the Oh, the first one? Well, okay. You, you also get to choose the first question. So like, no, no, know, it's all here. Advantage. Cena. I'm not going to. No, I'm going to. So the first question is, what's the worst kind of developer? My answer would be uh, one that's a dick. Uncommunicative. Apathy. Ooh, oh, all those things big, suck. Big words. Big words. But I feel like. I mean, yeah, a dick doesn't. less common. I mean, just, I feel like the, the developer right, we'll that's just them, like you know, kind of indifferent on it, like just anything. It's just like, I don't care about this. I don't care about that. I just don't care. I'm just here. Yeah. That guy sucks. So like, why are you here? Don't yeah. come to work, bitch. Right. Go home. S- Next question. Who makes a better entrepreneur? Product UX developer. Go. I don't think that's like... I think all all have the capability of a great entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I have to choose one. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a trick question. No pressure. Camera's on you. Uh, maybe I most okay. How about this? Most commonly, probably UX. UX probably has to be most common, like commonly using data, rolling back, like using research to figure out exactly what it is needs, like. Worst case scenario, if you have a UX researcher that knows their stuff that's using data, the reality is they probably could be a product owner, right? So they have that information. They have the information that the the developers need to know. The developer probably can't reasonably be expected to figure out like that that you know BML loop of exactly what it has to be has to be built. Am so, I the only one who's offended? What is this? All right, Jesse. I have to agree <laughs> with Ryan. I would have to go with UX. Ooh. Okay. Um, because, but it would have to take a UX person to understand that I need a technical person as well as a business person to make this whole operation happen. Yeah, that was definitely a trick question, by the way. So, because ideally, all three are entrepreneurs, as you no, know from a yeah. recent hackathon success and rewards. <laughs> Fine. Did y'all, did y'all go on the booze cruise? Oh, we didn't go to the booze cruise. We went on the wine tour. It was excellent. That was good. Oh, y'all did the wine tour instead. Ah, yeah, that's what it was. That was okay, good. okay. That was good. That, you know who that was courtesy of? Uh, Ooh, baby. <laughs> we talked about that. It was like, it was like what, what is the n- is interested in? Drinking. <laughs> exactly. Especially, exactly. If, especially if Ryan is on the team. Exactly. We're, we're, exactly. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. Shameless I'm, plug. Okay. I, I'm no no apologies necessary. By All right. Stretch. Is is my opinion also in this? Because I I usually don't answer these questions. No, answer, answer it. Answer it. can say developer. Go ahead. Explain why. Here's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not saying it because I'm a developer, but I'm saying it because the cost of building software prototype is basically zero. So if you can make software, you will. If you really want to. You could do an Envision prototype. That's true. That's true. Jesse, that's two burps that I'm going to have to bleep out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Leave them. Whoops. (laughs) Leave them in. Um, Okay. Next. Would you rather be technical in code or visual slash UX design? And you can only have one. You're going to be completely zero in the other one. Completely zero in the other. Yeah. 
I'll be technical and code. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I feel like there's no right or wrong. By the way, this is pros and cons. I mean, that, that's that's just how I feel. Technical okay. and code. Okay. Let's go clockwise. So technically, since it's your turn to answer next. <laughs> no. Okay. Mine. Okay. So. Well, you uh, know me. I actually take the opposing view. I think it's better to be uh, UI UX technical, be a prototyper, and I'll tell you the reason why. So I think that if you can effectively illustrate what the needs are. Hopefully, again, it's important to have data, right? To have data reinforcing the ideas. Trust your developers. Trust them to know how to actually build it. Uh, and again, the more you can learn, the better that's going to be. But Cena put me between a rock and a hard place, so I chose what my heart believes. All right, good. Next. <laughs> Next is a game that I like to play. It's, uh, it's called Party Code Brunch. If you've listened to the episodes before this, you know what, what it is, but I'll explain uh, it's a uh, spinoff of the game Mary Fuck Kill. So I give you three characters and you have to choose one that you would party with, one you would write code with, and one you would go to a boring hungover brunch with. So uh, perhaps the brunch can like come out the I like you just horribly slandered brunch. Brunch is a... Is a no, but but wait, 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 wait. Let's let's let's. Guys, it's my game. I can make it a shitty brunch. But brunch is an is is an absolute activity as an adult in New York City. It is, but I'm. But you make it seem like it's such a thing that I'm not making every uh, brunch be that way. But the brunch you're going with this character, it has to be that kind of brunch. Wait, so so what are the options again that you've? You party with, like, so you just go out, like, tonight, we're going to Nomad. What, 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 what type of party? This is Friday night party, whatever you want it to be. And wow. you can pick really with the... Really brunch the worst of the three possible yeah. options. Where brunch is really actually good. my best time. All right, all right. <laughs> brunch is my best Guys, time. you're missing the point. Mm. Jesus, right. people are waiting for us to pick the options. Uh. I'm saying it's that type of brunch. <laughs> Have you never been on that brunch? No. Where you're geez. like... These actually, are... no. All the brunches that I've been to is either I've organized... Or somebody that I know very closely that's Yeah, we're going to have to have an intervention for Cena about how to have a f- fucking fun brunch. Right, but anyway, right. All right, let's fine. first play his his game. And right. then we'll, let's play his you know what? we'll reverse the microphone. You know what? How about this? We're going to skip this fucking question. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it, it, no, no. It's a drunk way of question. I don't, I don't it's, tra- wanna, it's a tradition. I don't want to ask please, it. Please. I don't want to ask it. Please. I lost interest. All right. Um, I would, uh, <laughs> Should we uh, pour some more? I would, uh, <laughs> I would go with... With with Josh to brunch because apparently I haven't that's told the worst. you the options yet. You just, I'll like, invite, we're not. The I'll options. invite Josh to brunch. Let's see how quickly I dialed him back to uh, the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, Let's do it. What Nobody's gonna brunch? listen to this. Nobody's oh, wait, gonna brunch. Yeah, November second. Definitely gonna be cut out of the final. But November second. Definitely 2nd. gonna be cut. Yeah. But I'm cutting knows. this shit out. Yeah. Clearly. November second. Brunch. All right. Are we doing this? No, right. I'm, I'm going to skip this. Fuck this shit. All right. Next. So me personally, Next. Like, I probably would. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Charlie's their own. Would she be fun to No, she's with? not one of the options. Next question is for <laughs> Jesse. Hmm? Would you, and I have a version for you too. Would you give up all of your bow ties and all of your ties <laughs> and all of your accessories, but you could play in the Premier League? Shit. Zoom I would I would have to unequivocally, emphatically say 
No. (laughs) 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 Okay, great. Ryan, yours is not going to be any easier. I have a very specific question for you. Would you be a professional, top-of-the-line hockey player, but no more booze? Mm. You, you make 40, 45, 45 million. Think about year. it. Think about a it. A lot of money per year. Think about hockey it. Players don't make that much money, I don't think. I'm saying like you're like the celebrity Man. type. Uh, we're talking about like probably like... Nine or ten million a year. Oh, tops. I'm sorry. Ten million. Is that not good enough? <laughs> well, I mean, we're towing the line here, right? There's some trade-offs. <laughs> uh, ooh, ooh, honestly. Me. No more booze ever, ladies no, and gentlemen. I enjoy a fun lifestyle. I think uh, for me, having a drink every so often with your friends, letting loose, it helps to alleviate what can otherwise be the... Uh, you know, the, the, the hard parts of life. So okay. I think oh. I, I think that they're, they're like a okay. true I, I'd be okay cool. to pass up a little bit of a monetary uh it's cool. monetary compensation for a good time. All right, true so I'm professional. I, so there's a there's a follow up question to that. Ooh. I knew I knew you were gonna go there. Ooh. I have a follow up. Oh wow. Well. Um, yeah. Follow up is Do we you can't be a product owner anymore. You will be selling washing machines for the rest of your life. You'll be a sales guy mm-hmm. for washing machines. I mean, there's some really nice folks doing that, but yeah. you will be able to do that. No more technology. The things that you love, you don't get to hang out with all these people here. You don't know that. You haven't seen these washing machines. <laughs> oh, he's already selling. I kind of want to buy now. Who? Oh, I'm about shit. to drop the hottest washing machine sales <laughs> pitch right now. Oh, damn. Front okay. of the drunk weapon Instagram, but sorry, was better there a call, question better, or you were just telling me that I'm having better a call career Saul. shift? Better call Saul. What, what, what Saul was that? Better call Saul. Better call Saul. Okay, very good, very good. You, I, I got to tell you, man, you passed the test. This was, this was, <laughs> that was, this that was, was a test. It was even a question. This is very good. Uh, <laughs> so now that we don't have Cena here, yeah, Cena, were you looking for the tequila because it's right in the table? I don't know if you. Did you bought like a nine degree pivot to uh to port? Are we still recording? Yeah. Oh, I hope to goodness! Wow. What the fuck is this? I think so. Okay, so we've done whiskey, we've done rum, which speaks to Jesse's background history. I think at this point we're we're on tequila, which I feel like is my play. Right. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Josh. All right. If you wouldn't mind, just refill uh, Cena's glass, whatever it has in it, with. At least a hold uh, on. Let me let me finish tequila. Well, I think you guys need to uh, get a shot of this tequila first. Well, yeah, yeah, man, I'm man, I'm about to go I'm home and be. Up. I'm about to be on fire. I don't know what that means, but it sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> guys, about to be fun. <laughs> guys, we're almost done here. I have only a few more questions, and then we're good to go. You could be a superhero doing what you do. You can have one superpower, work related. What would you want? Telepath into so I can know what the fuck is going on. Oh, God. I can't tell you how much I don't want to be part of that (laughs) telepathy. For me, I feel like I would like to have a power of empathy. 
where I can figure out like why someone feels the way they do, what the rationale is, how I can learn from that rationale and how I can improve and how we can make this product service nonsense better. That was very mature of you, Ryan. Yeah, it was. Next one. As a consumer of technology, what are you most excited about? Sorry, what was the question? As a consumer of technology, what are you excited about? Man, you know what? You know what I keep? I keep... It's funny because I went to my school's homecoming last weekend, and I kept harping about what life was like without mobility. Um, And I remember when I moved to New York City in 2007, when there was no Uber, Lyft, there was no Instagram, there was... There was nothing that allowed you to be mobile. Yeah. Um, and you th- you you look at where we are now. Everyone is so agile. Like, I could just, I could just say right now, I don't need this podcast anymore. I just pop up and just jump in the Uber or a Lyft because it's so accessible. All I'm saying is that there's so much access. In, in metropolitan cities, particularly metropolitan cities in terms of food delivery, television, like like music, streaming, video. There's so it. much content and access to like everyday services that we thought that was so unattainable is now attainable now. It's so here. Like, everything is at your fingertips. Yeah. Okay, I was about to say, so Jesse said some profound things in the spirit of communication. I was going to ask for the question again. <laughs> what am I most excited? Oh, going for it. Okay. Technology, so, technology wise. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's, I think honestly, there's going to be some really interesting stuff that's going to happen in the next five years that's going to be very hard for any of us to truly anticipate. Why do you sound so sober? You've had twice sober. as much as Probably I have. Probably yeah. because Cena hasn't had enough of, have you started on the tequila yet? Is Ooh. is this your Irish roots coming in? What is this? And Scottish? No. Um, I'm sorry. Are you not Irish? I am oh. 15 16 Irish and 1 16 Scottish. Do you have Irish in citizenship? That's true. I knew that. Like so, okay. What, what, I'm just like, we've been drinking for two hours. Yeah. He sounds like he's had nothing. I'm 50% Caribbean and we drink all the time. That's true. All the time. It's awesome. I was wondering when we might be able to get into some BVI discussions. Ryan's been over. There might be some excitement. But anyway, but you had a question. You were really (laughs) earnestly talking about it for a minute, and then we got sidetracked. As a consumer of technology, what are you most excited about? So I forgot to say this in my, like, whatever, questionnaire thing. I'm I'm a big – I'm like an avid gamer. Um, You are? I am. I didn't know that. I'm an avid gamer. So I don't know. I just – well, honestly, I think for me, it's like a combination of testing the reflexes. And then I, I just love like good narratives, good stories, just like I love books. So I, I like, I like you know, good game. Um, so for me, I think it's very interesting to see what could happen in the realm of virtual reality, as we were talking about earlier, and also augmented reality. I think there's some cool stuff that is probably not super explored. It's not super mainstream because, honestly, I think the – hardware and some of the connectivity that's required isn't 100 percent there but i think that there's uh don't mind jesse just looking at instagram videos (laughs) 
So I don't know. I, th- I think that's an interesting venue. Um, Have you paid attention to the simulation hypothesis? No, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As a gamer, I thought you would be interested. Yeah. And so the, it's not even a theory. It's a hypothesis that says... <laughs> because there is such a marked difference between the two nouns. Well, well, there is. A theory is something that... Hypothetically uh, has some support. <laughs> it has some support. Hypothesis before that. It's way before... Yeah. It's like me saying, oh, there's probably a bunch of ghosts around this house. It's a hypothesis. There's not even. Are a th- there? Should we be concerned? Well, I meant to talk to you about that, Ryan. But okay. You fucking did. Uh, as a gamer, I-, I thought all gamers. This was like your, okay, simulation hypothesis mm. says that we had pong in the seventies. Yeah. Fast forward forty years only. Forty years, which in the span of human existence on this planet is nothing. Yeah. It's a it's a blink of an eye. Bunch of crappy we went, Assassin's Creed games. I get we you. went from Pong, <laughs> yes, to Sims and Sim City and oh, whatever. Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Yeah. Frogger. Fro- Frogger. Frogger. The, Fro- yeah, yeah. The, the, the yeah the, the thing. Yeah, no. yeah. The the CLI too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fro- I gotta Frogger. finish. Ask what, I gotta whatever take, the question I is. Let's let's see to ask some sort of question. I gotta here. take this out. Uh, <laughs> So in 40 years, we can go from two dots kind of bumping into one another to um, VR games that kind of make you fall down, make you collapse if you have the headset on and it's just so realistic. The idea is that if you give it enough time, our video games are going to be almost indistinguishable from reality. So the idea is that are we in a video game? Because if you give it, we have 40 years of history in video games. Yeah. You turn that into 40 million years. Yeah. There's no reason why we can't be in a simulation. Yeah. And there's no reason why we can't be in a simulation inside a simulation, inside a simulation. There's a very small possibility that we are in what they call base reality, which is the, this is everything that there is. There is no video game. We're not in a video game. It's a very small chance. If you believe that we can go from Pong to Assassin's Creed in 40 years, where can we go in 100,000 years? Mm. So as a video gamer, what does that say to you? I think it's a very interesting point. I think, and I'd be lying if I didn't say that I've like thought about similar things before. Um, so for me personally, I think honestly, where we are now, and I think in 40 years, it's like video game is kind of, it's, it's now become enough where it's sort of mainstream, where it's starting to become part of the zeitgeist of certain countries. But I feel like where in 40 years it's going to be, like I don't think it's going to be so much like, I think what you said actually, simulation, I think that's actually entirely what it's going to be. It's not going to be like living your fantasies of being like a Greek you know, warrior in the like, you know, 230 years before BC or whatever it was. I think it's going to be like, virtual tourism to some degree, which I think is going to be monetized, which I think is fascinating, sure. by the way. Um, Going to the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, exactly. Like mm-hmm. experiences like that, like where you can get maybe something better than what you can get on TV, or eventually they put what you could get on TV on your TV. Like there's a lot of possibilities. Yeah. Going to Everest. Like there's a bunch of really interesting stuff that like VR is starting to get into now. Yeah. And I feel like eventually the line of like what is gaming and what is blurred, it's going to be really interesting because let's be honest, there's not a ton of innovation in like books and literature and i think to some degree these virtual experiences are kind of like the next level so i talked about how i like role-playing games right like i like but i like it because i like the story i like the the imaginative aspect of it i like the escapism hypothetically so i feel like in time that is going to be very normal perhaps for our kids or our like you know grandkids or in your case you know people that will follow you and uh and and be like well so that's why he was the way he was. I don't like the personal aspect of this. Okay. Why, because of how digitally savvy you are? Yes. I just want to play Atari 2600. Jesse, what are you doing? Are you doing some Instagram thing? Play some Atari shit. On principle, yeah. I, I'm, I'm yeah. not going to allow another question unless Cena has a big gulp of whatever it is he's still nursing. So what you... I'm out. So, no, no, no. So I'm out. What, All right. What I am going to tell everyone to do is subscribe to Lil Brother because they have a song called Atari 2600. Take you all the way back. And I feel like this should be the intro to your podcast. Atari 2600. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's been many, many rounds. I don't even know what round we're up to. Thank you for tuning in. I, uh, I don't even know what to say at this point. I have one thing I'm going to ask you. First of all, any last words, Ryan? Would you would you like to go first? I do. I have I have some nice things to say about Jesse, if that's okay. Please oh, go ahead. Man. Oh boy. So Jesse does. Uh, in addition to for me, being a bit of a mentor in the product and platform world, where we have coexisted for some time, uh, Jesse also works in the product school, and I have actually organically ran into people who Jesse has positively influenced outside of, and they'd be like, oh yeah, wait, you came from this role? Do you know Jesse Owens? And I was like, yes. And this happened three hours ago. (laughs) 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 I had a guy in my new group, uh, you know Kwame? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was chatting with Kwame a little earlier today, right? About to take the, uh, the Metro North down. And Kwame was singing your praises, talking about, the product group, uh, you know, product school rather. And uh, Jesse is, uh, he's selfless with his time. He's, uh, he, he's had the thing that I, one of the things I look up to in Jesse is not only does he have great, you know, business experience, but he's got that technical background that at least I had not had until I started working pretty closely with some of the development teams. So for me, I've learned a lot from Jesse. He's got some, you know, insightful uh, influences. Usually it was probably like, if we were to say we're like six or seven drinks, like usually they struck around three or four. <laughs> That's where they came in. But you know what? I wouldn't I wouldn't trade the seven or eight drinks influence for the world. So it's uh it's Excellent. been a pleasure working with them. All right. Jesse, any any final words? We're wrapping this up. I would just say no matter where you are, where you've been, there's always an experience that you can share with people that you work with, people that you collaborate with, even that people that you meet at the bar, it's always an experience that you can share. So maximize the experiences, not necessarily the opportunities, because 
if you relish the opportunity, the opportunities will follow. Um, and Ryan, I would, I would, I would definitely say that he's been one that always been kept me in check. Um, if I was, if my, if if I may have fucked up on something, it's a very he, easy he, job. He, he, he never needed keeping in check. He he would <laughs> he would he would definitely keep me in check. But um, I'll just say that stay true, stay humble, and keep grinding. Cool. That. Cheers to that. Cheers, guys. Yeah. Salud. Cheers, you know. I have one thing to say too. Believe it or not, I got the microphone. I walked into a a situation about three years ago where I could have had a much harder time than I actually did working with product people. And when I uh, started working on projects with you guys, very quickly I found out that this is not uh, anything other than a partnership. And uh, this has been true for the past three years. And uh, it didn't have to be like that. You know, I was not entitled to a partnership with my product people. Um, but it just happened to be that way. And it happened to be that way two times in a row. And that's that's very lucky. And, and I'm grateful. You guys are very good at what you do. And you make it easy for me to walk in there with my expertise and, and bring that to the table and you give it a voice which is important a lot of developers are kind of aggressive about their opinions because they don't get to share it as often yeah. i never felt it with you guys i never felt like it was a fight i always felt like it was a um, just a thing that we had to figure out together and that was really cool yeah and the one thing about fancy friday you know i said it in the beginning it's it's a it's a discipline it's a kind of a principle that goes far beyond wearing your bow tie. Uh, you know, I worked with Be a group of camaraderie. That's right. Yeah. Get the Be get the microphone. <laughs> Be fancy about your documentation. Right. That, if there is the, one thing that you can take away from this, it's be fancy about your pipeline. <laughs> that's, it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's well, it. That, that's kind of that's kind of what I'm talking about, which is having to get up 15 minutes earlier because you have to put on a tie and a tie clip and a vest and a and whatever. It's not just those 15 minutes. It's that it forces you to think about the context of mm. everything around you, right? And that goes so far more, uh, so far beyond what it means to look good. It's it's about what you represent. You represent mm. Mm. being organized. You represent looking good. And you represent, if you're GQ, like you style, you look good, and you're, everything is figured out about you as a person, as an individual, there is no way that your the code that you produce is the polar opposite of that. There's no way that it can ever happen. Give you another because way of looking at it. If you're stable in your life and you're happy with where you are, which oftentimes look good, feel good. I think that's the... Yeah. And so with that, any shout outs? You guys want to call anybody out? Man, I want to shout out to Norfolk State University. 
I want to shout out to my family in the British Virgin Islands. Boom. Boom. Shout out to everybody that I connected with throughout life. And um, shout out to (laughs) Wu-Tang, Cash Money, (laughs) and 2 Chains. Yeah. All right, Ryan. Yeah. That's legit. Um, Give it. Shout out to the uh, lady that that keeps me stable, Lizzie. Um, I would say I'm appreciative for the teams that I've worked with. Uh, I've I honestly have learned a lot. I think, realistically, like, you know, I wouldn't be on this program if I had not been able. First, I suppose in my own credit, being like willing to listen, but more importantly, like, there's no way to like not listen when your team tells you, you know, how to improve, and and I think that's critical. Um, so I, I feel like the teams that I've worked with in my career, uh, architecture, development, product, everything else, I'm appreciative of that experience. Um, appreciate Cena having me on. Uh, I can't wait to uh, have throw a couple more back because I feel like this is one of the more tame, you know, uh, interviewees. And, uh, <laughs> you know, my... Uh, justice will <laughs> it will be perceived uh but no and i i um yeah it, it's it's a pleasure to be a part of this so thank you cena for having us yeah absolutely thank you guys for being here this is great you guys look great this is fancy friday we're gonna go to nomad hotel my favorite place uh, in all of this island it's a beautiful beautiful hotel where we're gonna have the greatest uh, old fashions of all time we're going to we continue do. this. We're going to Nomad. And then after that, Ryan's favorite place, 4040 Club. Ooh, ESP on the scene. It's like three blocks down. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give a big shout out to my friend Josh, who was here. Instagram, hey, say Josh. hi. That's right. Josh is here. He is. Uh, he has his own podcast. What up? What up? What up? What up? What's yeah. your podcast? <laughs> the Weekenders like Drink. And so he's putting a lot of thought and uh love into his podcast so hopefully one day soon you guys are gonna listen to that too and uh we'll with that, guests or we we'll guests. be guests Inviting. that's right are we gonna be guests <laughs> <laughs> All right. and with that said have a great night everybody have a great weekend this is friday this is fancy friday and uh treat your product people well don't be a dick and your developers yo developers document 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 All right, I'm going to redo this uh, final outer. Be nice to your product people and to your developers and document. Have a good night. (laughs) I (laughs) would.